0: Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode with Get Into It with Gila. Today, I interviewed Tippi Gross. Um, Tippi is a business coach and a serial entrepreneur. She also has her own podcast, which is called The Stunning Success. Um, she's changing the name soon, so um, visit her website at www.tippigross.com if you are interested in learning more about her or if you want to find out what the name of her podcast will be soon so you can hear more. Um, of her amazing information that I have learned so much from. I actually had the privilege of joining her mastermind and I learned so much from her about growing your business and being alignment, being in alignment with your true values. And um, I like to find other people who maybe maybe their profession isn't, let's say, intuitive eating, but it kind of stems from the same root. So like when we feel blocked with our eating, and we don't understand why we're eating in a certain way that could definitely affect our day to day living. So it's the same thing with, let's say, having a job that you hate and just feeling miserable and just doing something that you don't like or even doing something that you like, but maybe not being successful at it, like understanding your roadblocks and your limiting beliefs and learning how to challenge them. So I was so excited, when to be agreed for this interview and um, I learned so much and I really enjoyed having her. So I hope you enjoy. Have a great day. If you like this podcast episode, please subscribe to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila, as well as the YouTube channel at Gila Glassberg. You could also follow me on Instagram at dietitian.gilaglassberg and visit my website, www.gilaglassberg.com. On the website, you could book a 20-minute clarity call to see if we are a good fit to working together. If you are looking to learn the principles of intuitive eating and self-care and learn how to in- implement them in your day-to-day life, I am there for you. So go to the website, and and sign up for a 20-minute clarity call. You could also get other free resources there like podcast episodes, YouTube videos, and blog posts. Now, without further ado, let's get to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. I know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration, powerful tools and insights, and valuable knowledge. If you want more of this, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on Instagram at Gila glassberg. I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I've come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Okay. Hi, everybody. It's Gila Glassberg here, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And today I have Tippi Gross. Hi, Tippi. Hi, Gila. So nice to be here with you. How are you doing? Thank God. How's it going with you? It's going well, thank God. Um, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Zippy Gross, and I do
1: personal and business coaching over at zippygross.com. I also have a clothing line called Hava Tribe, um, and that's also online. So that's the gist okay. of it.
0: Okay, great. So I found you on Instagram actually, and that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, and I've been following you for like a long time, probably since I got Instagram. And I like learned so much from you and I wanted to bring you on to talk about like your really like your coaching business and like your money mindset and your mindset around like growth and alignment. And like, you're somebody who I look to for like that type of mentorship. So I think like so many people do also because you have a podcast and you are like really out there, like trying to make a difference in, would you say like in the firm world or in the Jewish firm world or like the world at large, like where, what's your target audience?
1: Um, that's a really good question. Um, so for me, I I kind of operate from a place of like putting out my message and then like people, like I, like, you know, whoever resonates with the message comes to me kind of. So um, I don't like, I, which I know is like different than people who are like s- focusing on their target market. I do have target market, but mine is more of a psychographic than a demographic. And it's definitely people who are more faith-based, but it's not necessarily a specific religion.
0: Mm, so, it's so interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, I wanted to ask you, how did you get into like business coaching? Okay. So, um,
1: I always wanted to do something that was like helping people, and I didn't know what it was. At first, I thought it was going to be law just because I love like speaking and I love the intellectual aspects. Like, I just always thought I would be a lawyer or a judge or a mediator or something like that. And somehow, in my later, like teenage years, older adult, somebody introduced me to coaching and, you know, cause like I always also loved therapy, but I didn't love about therapy that you can like go to a therapist for years and years and years and like not necessarily make so much progress like that. Just the school of thought bothered me. So when I heard about coaching, I just, it just really felt right to me. So I just got educated and I started with business coaching and I I just loved it. I loved the, um, the thought process that the customer the client knows their own truths and their own answers and it's the coach's job to bring their own answers outside out of themselves and recognize they can recognize their own greatness and coach's job is to recognize their greatness as opposed to like me having to have the answers for people. That was like really powerful and I just love that because I, I believe that. I believe people know their own truths inside. They just need someone to help them bring it out.
0: Okay. So when you said you loved Therapy? Did you were you in therapy? Did you know a therapist that you loved, or just what about therapy?
1: no? Actually, I always and I think you resonate with this also. Like I've always just been reading psychology books, like from the time I was like thirteen or fourteen, and somebody handed me um, how to win friends and influence people. So I wouldn't even say psychology books; it's more like personal growth. Like I just loved that whole world, and then going more into how the brain works and the brain and mind connect. You know, the heart. And mind connection. Um, I just always loved that stuff. So I always was drawn. And also um, the way that I was raised, we always had people in our house. And when you are around a lot of people, you get to know a lot of people's issues. And like I guess like myself and my siblings, we were always just like talking to people about what was going on for them. And we were all very drawn to helping people in that way, like figuring out their life. So I loved you know help the idea of helping people but the more i read about actual school of psychology i wasn't like so drawn to that direction if that makes sense
0: yeah that makes sense so do you, do you find that you had like a knack for it like understanding people helping them or it was more just like a passion of yours
1: yes um i've I always like really understood people from a very young age. Like I can understand someone's emotions and what they're going through just by looking at them. So like, they don't have to tell me their whole life story. Like I get it just by like seeing their face or talking to them for a few minutes. So I guess that, yeah. Um, And I find that with all, almost all my clients, the things that they're really good at are something that just like they're born with It comes really naturally to them for the most part.
0: So that's interesting. So when you say that like you were introduced to coaching and then you just like took that route, how did you go about becoming a coach?
1: So I'd started taking courses and at the time I was living in Israel. So I did a lot of that. And then over the years, I've just taken more and more courses, read more books, um, gotten mentors. I'm brilliant really to that. I know you are too. <laughs> and um, yeah, like it's just, It's a process of continuous learning and growing and then applying that knowledge to help other people.
0: That's so interesting. So now I want to talk a little bit more about the actual coaching. Um, So you said like you feel like your clients really know what they need to do, but they need someone to coach them through it, right? Not that they
1: know what they need to do, but when you're in a coaching relationship, then the coach's job is to draw out your own inner ideas and goodness and potential as opposed to like giving you like there's a difference between coaching and consulting. And Mm -hmm. I do both really. So Mm -hmm. like when it's business, then oftentimes I will say, like, oh, why don't you try this strategy or that strategy? But when it's personal coaching or even when you're like growing the roots of your business, then that has to come from inside of you. And also even with business, even with strategy. Like oftentimes we can go through 12 strategies, but the one that they'll always come back to is the one that they said at first. We just have Mm -hmm. to flesh that out. Mm -hmm. So it's more of an idea of a person like every, there's no one size fits all. Everybody has their own path and what works for one person won't work for someone else.
0: So what do you, what do you see like are common like barriers or things that like come up for clients that like they, it's deep within them, but they can't access it or they can't get to it. Like what are things that get in the way of that?
1: Mostly not believing in themselves. I would say not believing like It's so interesting. I was just listening to someone's interview. I don't remember who it was that was interviewing multi billionaires. And even they were saying that their major one, you know, hurdle was imposter syndrome. And I see that across the board. Like people just don't feel like they are good enough or they deserve to have, whether it's the following or the impact or, you know, the influence. Like people are like, well, why me? There's so many other good people. Or like, I don't know enough or I'm not enough. So I would say, that's for 90% of people.
0: So where do you think that comes from? Like, why are so many of us like struggling with imposter syndrome or our worthiness?
1: That's a really good question. Um, I think that we're all learning on the job. So we have a tendency to want to like really, really be very good at what we're doing. And like, we're like, wait, but I'm still learning. So how could I like go out and teach other people? And Lo- and so i think that a lot of that does come from that kind of insecurity and and there are people who are very good at their craft but maybe they're good at their craft but they're like but i'm not an influencer personality necessarily or i'm not charismatic right a lot of people are introverts as well so they feel like when they look at other people who are leaders they're very outgoing and they you know they're great public speakers so they see those as imperfections in themselves and nobody wants to be imperfect everybody wants to feel like they're a finished product. But the reality is that we become a finished product through going out there while we're imperfect and learning. And I don't think anybody ever becomes a finished product. I think we all just become better and better with time.
0: Right. Also, I wanted to say about the introvert. I've read that a lot of um, like leaders and like great public figures are actually introverts. Oh, yeah. And they they do very well, like in those moments where they have to show up, but like they have to like be by themselves for like a week after that because they need to a hundred percent back to themselves
1: yes so I think I find that as well like I'm a major introvert and like I love public speaking I love you know having a podcast but I'm an introvert (laughs) like I, I need to recharge after that
0: so you talk a lot about like at least when we were doing like our masterminds you talked about like living like within alignment of your true self or your values or like the law of attraction so could you talk to us a little bit about that or like what your beliefs are on that so can you just like specify your question? Yeah, sure. So like, I never really heard about like the whole alignment thing, even though that's like the you, like right. the biggest thing now, like everyone's talking about it. And I also think like, I was just like, I just had a client before you and we were talking about self-care and I'm like, have you ever heard of self-care? And she was like laughing. I'm like, I don't mean like the big self-care that everyone's talking about. I'm talking about like the nuance and the small things and whatever. So like, a, like living with an alignment, like where did you learn about that, or how has that showed up in your life or your client's life like what what does it mean to you?
1: um okay, living in alignment to me means doing what you're supposed to be doing here in this world um where did this come i I've always just really wanted to know like what is my purpose on this world in this world so for me personally, like whenever I'm doing something that's like not necessarily like in alignment with my purpose, like I don't feel like I'm thriving so um I see this a lot with clients as well. Like if somebody's business isn't working and they've tried a ton of different things, then like, you know, like I, when I first started, I was like, okay, well, let's try this strategy. Let's try that strategy. And now I'm just like, okay, let's just like put the whole thing on break and figure out like who you are and what you want to do with your life. Because if you're doing something that's not who you really are, then no matter what you try, it won't necessarily work. So first you ha- so is, does that explain the question? Like first you have to be who you are, and then like the strategy is like it's it's a detail to me. It's not the main thing.
0: So I just have a question on that. How sure. did, I know you talk about this a lot on your Instagram, but or like I remember when you were talking about like quitting your jobs and stuff like that. But like how does one know when they're living within alignment? Like how or how do we know we're not? Or how, what are the signs or the that we're that, that we're missing something or something. It's-
1: uh. Yeah. What, what, can I ask, can I turn it on you? Like, what do you think are the signs of someone who's living in alignment?
0: So you've taught me a lot about this. And so did like Rena Riser from, she also does intuitive reading. Um, but I think that it's actually really hard for me to say like what I feel about this because I'm so torn about it. And I, and, and I think that a part of me knows like what my truth is and a part of me like experientially feel something else. So like, I feel like, like, I'll give you an example that you already know, but like working in a nursing home for me, like, I really don't like it. Like, I don't like anything about it. Um, but I also have this, like, I guess, guilt, like I should be able to do that. Like, I have a degree in nutrition and like dietitians aren't very much needed in a nursing home. Yeah. So like, at least if I, you know, kind of like keep my toe in there, like work there part time or keep my, my, my clinical skills up to par, then I'll be doing something good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I don't feel in alignment when I do it because I, I just don't like it. I don't like, I don't like it.
1: So like I, if I was like, that's a great example. Can we use that example? Sure. Okay. Um, so if I was like, you know, talking to you about this, let's say, um, so I would say number one is, is are you in alignment with yourself the rest of the time? Like, let's take the job out. Like, does that meaning like, do you feel like you are using your talents and skills in the world? Do you feel like you even know what they are? Do you feel like you're nurturing yourself and taking care of yourself and nurturing the people around you. And then once I knew, and like, I felt like, you know what? She's excited about her life. She's taking care of herself. She has things that she's enjoying in her life. She's reading things that she's enjoying. She's with friends that she's enjoying. Like she feels like she's going in a certain direction. Well, some, like some people are able to separate and be like, Oh, that's just my job. And Mm -hmm. then I have my life. Mm -hmm. Some of us can't, some of us can't separate. Like we Mm -hmm. have a desire inside of us to make our life one that is Completely in alignment with our purpose. Like, not everybody needs to live their purpose every minute of their life. Some of us do. So, for the, for if you, let's say, for example, were to have all your other ducks in a row, and that's obviously, you know, a life's work, but like a lot of things, you know, going in the right direction. And then you're like, you know what? This is still really draining me and pulling me down and weighing me. And I feel like I should be doing X. Then I would be like, yeah that's probably you know like you would that would be something that you would answer for yourself not something I would answer for you but then that would make a lot of a lot of sense and knowing you for example you are a person who you think about everything you do and you care about everything you do so you do want your life's mission to be in alignment with what you're trying to do in the world so it would make sense to me that something like that would be draining for you
0: so that's interesting i just wanted to ask you um do you know why or do you know like what the difference is between a person who can live with some parts not in alignment and someone who can't like is it a personality thing it's
1: not that some parts aren't in alignment it's that the person is not in alignment like somebody i know has a I mean I know a lot of people like this but they have like thriving businesses in areas that they could care less about like it's not their area of passion or their expertise but they enjoy the business they just enjoy the aspects they find it interesting and exciting and intriguing and so like they don't necessarily care about the cause but they just enjoy everything about it it's fun for them um if it's like something that you like hate doing and you're dragging your feet through the mud you know every time then that's probably not in alignment with you. And again, so there's like the question that you have to ask yourself, like, is it just me and my personal mindset? Or is it just like, I really hate this. Like, this is not using my strengths. Like, I know what my strengths are. I enjoy doing certain things. I know I could help people in certain ways. And this is not them. So Mm -hmm. like, if you feel like you're not living your potential, your full self by doing something else, then that's, you know, that could be an indicator. A lot of this is about going inside. A lot of it is about going inside, and people don't do that very often.
0: Right, that's true. That's definitely true. Um, so I'll just ask you, like, let's say, like theoretically, like for my job. Um, but like, let's talk about what other people say to mm-hmm. me, or probably to you. Like, but I, I can't quit. Like, I can't quit a job because that's my career, or I spend X amount of time or money on this career. So what do you tell? How do you work with someone who you feel like? that would be so liberating for them uh, to quit or to leave or to look for something else, but they're too stuck and like, they're too afraid because of the money or because of the time that they spent getting that degree.
1: So meaning the question is like what strategy they would apply or. No, like
0: let's say you are working with a woman who you mm-hmm. feel you guys have kind of like decided together that like she's ready to leave her job because it's way out of alignment, but like she she doesn't know what she wants to do or she's too afraid to leave that job because it was stable for her but she really wants to like how do how do you how do you work around that like I know like a lot of this is like the money mindset and like we're us not feeling like we're worthy or like anyone would pay us and I know like I was Mm -hmm. there like I was definitely there in that mindset like a few years ago before I started my private practice and I and I know like there are things that I did to get to where I am today and it took years but it's like it's interesting like the whole like retrospect and like hindsight, but like I'm think I'm thinking of like someone who would come to me and be like, I really want to leave my job and I think it's the right thing, but I just can't. I can't Mm
1: do it. So again, like it's so it's a great question. And there's so many different aspects. Is it that they can't afford to leave their job? Well I I wouldn't recommend that somebody just quit their job if they can't afford to live. Like I do think people Mm -hmm. need to be responsible. So if it was me i would probably you know work with that person to start putting more things into their life that they really love and enjoy and um start vibrating if that makes sense on a different energy level so that other opportunities start opening for them then just when you're like really stuck in a certain situation then like you get a lot of stuck results so i would probably you know discuss with that person different things that we could do to like elevate their energy level in general. Um, and then, but besides, so like, yeah, I would not tell somebody just like, oh, go quit your job. Like if you can't afford to quit your job, if it's a belief, like they just don't think that they, are oh, sorry, just to go back to that. Um, we can add a lot of things that are in alignment with them to what they're doing. Like I have somebody that is, stuck in a job that she hates, but she really enjoys something in the world of public speaking. So we could have her doing more public speaking as she's preparing to leave her job. It's not black and white. And mm-hmm. at a certain point, which actually I have um, one client in one of our masterminds that, is, that just gave in her notice, her two weeks notice, because she is ready to make that leap. She's like, I'm not necessarily 100% there, but I know that in order to get there, I need to do, to make this leap. And that wasn't something that was overnight. That was like a whole process for her. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's somebody that's just scared or, you know, is holding on to it, then that's where I would say, like what you were saying earlier, like maybe there is something stuck. Maybe they are holding on to something. Like that is something that they would have to explore, but I wouldn't be making that decision for them. I would, you know, be guiding them to make their own decision and really like explore themselves.
0: Okay. So now if you could explain a little bit about what you said, like, like stuck energy gives you back something stuck, yes. or the vibration like that is like new to me. I mean, I mean, I've read okay. a lot about it actually in like a lot of other money books, but I, w- I want to know like your, I want to pick your brain a little bit about like your okay. system around like people's energy and what they give out to the world and what they get back. Like, how does that work? So like, like generally, or do you have like a specific, no, I guess really generally, like, I know that you speak about that a lot. Like if you're at a higher energy, then you get back or if like, if you you put out like happiness in the world, you get happiness back. But I want to know like, like less of the fluff and more of like practically, how does that work?
1: Okay so energetically speaking we attract on the level of our the energy that we're on okay so like for example like i mean j- just like you know like a kid example just to make it you know very easy to understand a person who is really wanting abundance and is walking around their house moping and crying and complaining and focusing on everything they don't want like does that match an abundance like like um energy like to me when I think of abundance I think of like flowing and easy and light and happy and just free. So to me a lot of that is you know just getting to that level. So if so what I what like what what I do a lot of times with clients is have them get to the place of be like if they want the abundance like first get to know who they are when they have that abundance chances are the person they are when they have that abundance is not exactly the same person that they are now when they're like feeling really desperate and stuck like that's not somebody who's abundant doesn't feel that way does that make sense yeah so it's it's just like it's kind of like a puzzle like it's just matching matching up the pieces
0: so your, your strategy with that is like to, I mean, I know this from our mastermind, but um, I'm understanding it on a different level is to tell the person like, what, who are you when you're not stuck? Who are you when you're not moping? Who are you when you're in alignment or whatever, like what, whatever you want to, you know, put in. Who the are you when
1: you are what you want to become? Right. Who is that person? And that is the most important thing to learn is how to, be, how to really, really get into the head of that person because that's how you get there. You don't get there by continuing to do the same. Like, you know, we get addicted to our patterns, we get addicted to our beliefs, and we get stuck there for years and years and years. And that's not how we get what we want because we just get more of what we have. So by getting into the mind of the person that's already gotten it, that's, that's like a huge that's a huge trick. It's and it sounds like really easy and dumb, but it's like I mean the people who do that every single day and get into that mindset, like they see real things happening in in their life.
0: Yeah. So I want to say like I, I'll say I'll admit honestly like when we were learning that in the mastermind, like it seemed too like fluffy to me, or it seemed too like right. impractical. And And um, there's definitely been times when I've tried it and it's been amazing, but then there are times where I can't. I feel stuck. Right. Right. So, so so how do you help someone who's stuck? What, what, are, what, do you, what do we do? So tell
1: me more about what that means. Like, what does that mean that, like, I feel stuck and I can't?
0: Like, my like my goal is to say to myself, like, I am, like, you know, I write all over my bedroom wall. Like, I write these mantras that, right. like, stick to me. So, like, I am a successful business owner or whatever. And mm-hmm. but then I'm looking at my business and I feel like it's not where I want to be. So I'm just like well, that's not true. I'm not a successful business owner. I don't want to say that. I don't want to be there. Like, obviously, I want to be there on some level, but like, I can't, I I don't have the stamina or strength to, to change my mindset. Maybe, maybe there's that one day or maybe because of something. I mean, we've spoken about this, but like, what do you think
1: Yeah. Um, So it happens to be, and I think we did discuss this a while back and I know a lot of people love affirmations. I personally don't really believe in affirmations because I feel like um, they don't really do anything neurologically. Like words, telling our brain words neurologically doesn't do anything because it just doesn't get into our subconscious mind. So it's like, I, I think people can do affirmations if it makes them feel happy. And there are some affirmations that make me feel happy. Like I wouldn't say something that wasn't true to myself because that doesn't make me feel happy. Um, But something like, let's say... God has infinite potential and God is able to do anything. And um, I have infinite potential and I can do anything. Like those things are true. And that's an affirmation that I enjoy that raises my vibration. So I enjoy saying things like that to myself, but I wouldn't say like, you know, I'm a multi-billionaire to myself when I'm not, because it's not true and it doesn't make me feel happy and it doesn't rewire me. So I would rather rewire myself, (laughs) honestly. Mm -hmm. So how do I rewire myself? So again, that imagery of getting into our mind, like imagining the person that I am when I am a multi billionaire, and not only just like what I'm doing or like the what it looks like visually, but what I feel, like the emotional aspects that's the most important part like when you can tap into the emotional part of who you are when you get where you want to get, that's how you rewire your mind. That's how you get into your brain because your brain doesn't know the difference between real and fake emotions. They don't, or sorry, real, like if it's happening or not, if you're feeling like the most successful person in the world, your brain thinks you're the most successful person in the world. And then it will allow you to go out there and create situations where you are the most successful person in the world. Okay. So like, again, like not everybody could get to that mind space all this is work and time, but, um, and, and I want to mention about like what you said with the fluffy stuff, mm-hmm. because um, I'm also like, I've always been very left brain, always mm-hmm. my whole life. And I never bought any of this stuff before. I thought it was weird. Mm-hmm. And like en- talking about energy and vibration, like it was, it just like bothered me meditation, like it, yoga. It didn't sit well with me. And several years ago, I said to myself like. You know what like this really bothers me what if i go all in what if i just go all in on that and just believe it and live it and do it and be it like what if i try mm-hmm. and that really really helped me and changed everything in my life like i wasn't when you're in the left brain, which means like your thinking brain all the time, like that is a lot of pressure. Cause then you're the one that like, you're letting everything be on your shoulders all the time. Like you have to find solutions. Mm-hmm. You have to make success. You have to work things out. Whereas when you do jump into this like world of like believing and trusting and understanding the, you know, the rules of the world, you have so much more at your fingertips and you're able to like, y- like like i said like to rely on to understand the way the world actually works and like rely on different energy so you're like a lot more powerful mm-hmm. so it is a big jump it is a big leap and it is uncomfortable for a lot of people but when we start incorporating some of these things like it makes a lot of difference and also helps us de-stress in a really big way so if nothing else you know for just the sake of de-stressing i would say like this is important to learn about
0: yeah so i'll just admit like i was super skeptical to like all the woo 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 definitely <laughs> yeah. even though like it's so interesting because I am like really deep like I've always been really exactly, deep. exactly yeah and really like sensing feeling like that's so like who I am and I actually we, we've we spoken about this but I read the book the highly sensitive person right have you read that book I haven't
1: you've told me about it but I haven't yeah heard.
0: so like Rachel Tuckman spoke about it and I definitely identified with it and it was like it's like um you could walk into a room and feel everyone's emotions. Yes, and it's like so overwhelming. It's like so overpowering. Like you could tell that person's like uncomfortable or sad or whatever. And uh, obviously, she make in the book. It's like now you know it's like a superpower, and you could use it for the positive. Right. But um, I don't know what I don't know why I was so skeptical about the hippy dippy stuff. That's
1: well, weird. It's not weird. mainstream, you know. It's not
0: mainstream, but but I have I hear exactly what you're saying, and I think it's important for people to hear that like you could always go back, like you could try it and go back. But there have been things. Yeah, like
1: totally, totally.
0: Happening or like EMDR stuff that you recommended me to yes. start with with a therapist, mm-hmm. and I'm like like, leaps and bounds, like, it's just, just you know what, the more that, like, I started interviewing more
1: successful people, or people that I just really respected, and I realized how much they were utilizing, like, what I would call, like, universal laws, or woo-woo, whatever, um, I was, like, why am I not doing this, and, like, the more I, like, learn, and, it's it's not it's never felt like oh, that's such a weird concept. like I should try that. It's always been something that like, oh this feels really right. like this really makes sense. like once I could just like take off the layers uh, that like have we've been i guess that have been put on us like in mainstream school, like you have to sit and you have to study and you have to try things that you hate and keep doing things that you hate and things like that like once we like unlearn some of those things and like get to know who we really really are and like learn how to connect to our to God, like that's woo-woo, connecting Mm -hmm. to God is pretty woo-woo, but like, you know, once we start doing that, like he helps us, (laughs) like cool stuff happens,
0: yeah, so yeah, yeah, I actually heard Yemima Mizrahi, you know who that is? Yeah, of course, she said, um, I I love that she said this, she said, um, you know, we, sometimes uh, we feel bad, like asking Hashem for more, like I want more children, I want more money, like she's like, that's the biggest compliment, because you're telling Hashem that you can give me that, Like you have, you have that power. Like maybe the doctors are telling me I can't have more children. Not me, God forbid, but like, um, or like, I don't know how I'll make more money. It's impossible. If I, if you say that, then you're saying it's impossible, Hashem. But if you say to Hashem, like you have all the money in the world, like you have all the power in the world, like, and I want some of that, (laughs) then it's like you're complimenting.
1: And, and I, and I, you know, let's, I just want to like remind everybody that when you say i want more money in the world like i really encourage people to say like why do you want more money in the world because that's important like we don't just re- like i don't have a problem with people wanting more money i think that's really nice i have a problem with people just wanting money for the sake of money mm-hmm. but if you want more money so that you could use your gifts better and feel less stressed and you know, create better relationships with your family and help more people, that's beautiful. If you want more money so you can give more charity and start an organization, that's amazing. If you want more money so you can hire staff and be able to reach more people and help them feel better in their life and make a bigger impact, like, you're like, m- not having money is kind of crippling, you mm-hmm. know? It's mm-hmm. stressing and it's crippling. So, why is it that we're like touting that? Like, I have no problem with people saying that they want money. I just want them to realize why they want the money.
0: Right. And actually like, I'll just share this story really quickly. Like last summer, I remember thinking like, I guess it was before we, I I think it was before I got to know you, but it was like, I guess I was struggling with my money mindset and I mean, I'm still working on it, but um, I remember thinking like, it would be so fun for us to go on a vacation, like a family vacation. Yes. I remember. And I remember thinking like, but, like, that's so materialistic of me. Right. And then I spoke to Rev, who I really respect, and who is also, like, he's not, he's not like, that mainstream. Like, I feel like he would understand this conversation or whatever. Yes. Even, if, even though I spoke to a more mainstream rabbi, and he said that he told me the same thing. So I said, like, you know, I really – is it bad for me to want to take my kids on vacation because, like, I'm a quality time person, and I really want to bond with them, and I know it's really expensive, and I could spend the money on – xyz I'm always thinking it. I could be spending this money on it, at something else mm, like groceries yeah. for a week you know and he's like why is that bad like that's beautiful like you want the money so that you could bond with your children that's beautiful yeah and even though it seems like so simple it's like I, it's really opened my eyes that like exactly what you're saying like we kind of have to wonder like why do we want it like ex- instead of just like I want more like m- maybe you want more because it will fuel your ego but like that's not really what Right. What you want to be doing with your money. You want to be using it for like something positive. And and
1: I think that taking your kids on vacation is something really positive and beautiful. And it also recharges everybody. It's like amazing for the whole family. And we were actually discussing before the podcast that like, not only like knowing why you want the money, but also even having an honest conversation with yourself, like what is important to me and what do I want to spend money on? So for you and for me as well, like family vacations are at the top of the list because they are really meaningful and like they're powerful experiences. And it's a time that I you know, I'm not on my phone very much. My husband's not on his phone very much. And we're like really present. And we just, the family comes back feeling really recharged. So that's at the top of our priority list. But like, we don't necessarily, so we'll save up and we'll, you know, or we'll prioritize a lot of money towards that, but we don't really care about the flight. So I don't care what airlines I fly. And I don't care about, you know, other things in my life that like, I don't necessarily care. So like, I might prioritize like the things that are important and spend money there. And other people might be like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. But I don't necessarily spend money on other things that they prioritize. And you know, that's fine.
0: Yeah. So it's all like intentionality, really. Like Totally. Right. Like, Understand. I remember um, I had a
1: really good friend once that said, you know what? Clothing is really important to me, that my kids look amazing always and matching. And that was important to her, made her feel like a good mother. You know? Okay, fine. So she's like, I would rather live in a small basement apartment so that I could spend a lot of money on my kids' clothes. And that's what she did. And I was like, hey, that's fine. Like, that's great. That's your priority. Like, you thought it out. You made a decision. That's great. You know?
0: Right. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that at least when I was, like, working on this money mindset, it was, like, I didn't even realize, like, I I was so, like, stingy. I mean, it's, like, who's ever listening to this, who knows me? Like, I, like, super cheap. Like, I really struggle to spend money on anything. And it always comes down to, like, a fear of, like, not having enough or feeling irresponsible or whatever. And, like, once I recognize that, it's, like... I can make a choice right now to spend this money because that's meaningful to me. That's powerful to me. That's, I, if I have the money, that's what it's for. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and, and um, and I, first of all, I really like recognize you for like, you know, saying, you know, what's like for you that that's a fear or whatever. I appreciate you saying that. Um, I think that, that recognizing that is really important because at the like we were talking about before what you put out energetically is what we get back right so if a person who's like always scared about not having enough will often not will not have enough that's just how things are like because they're so focused that's what they're focusing on so that's where they put their attention that's what they get um, and when i see like people make that switch to like like i have it now and just like i got this i'll get more and more good things are coming my way like besides for the fact that that just decreases your stress levels and you live a happier life and your quality of life is better, you actually do get those results as well. Like you do get, you know, more clients or more business or whatever, because you really believe you will. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's a journey and it's a process and some, and like what you were saying, you know, a lot of us who didn't grow up with a lot of money, like this is a real thing. You know, it's a real fear to not, it's not just like you Decided one day that you're scared you're not going to have money. You know, we might not have had, you know, if our parents had a lot of children and whatever it was. So, um, it's a real thing. But the good news is that we all get to rewrite those stories if we choose to, you know, if we choose to slow down and think about like, where is this coming from? Why do I think this way? And what do I actually believe to be true? And that's a lot more powerful, like you said,
0: right? And that's like kind of like a lot of what you do as a coach, right? Because before people work with you, or maybe not, but like they don't even think like, where is this belief system coming from? Or do I even yeah. like this belief systems? Do I want to keep it?
1: I love like, you know, talking to people about their belief systems because like all of a sudden, like it could just be, they're like, oh, I have been holding on to that for 28 years for no reason, just because like, that's what my dad used to say, you know?
0: Right. Right. And that's like, you're giving them, I mean, I do that all the time with my clients when it comes yeah. to like diet culture. That's like right. such a common theme that like, they're like, uh, they're like no you just don't eat past six and I'm like why they're like because everyone says that or like my mom told me that 50 times or every night before yeah, I went absolutely. to sleep and I'm like well do you like that belief system like has it served you are you binging every night anyways because you're rebelling whatever there's right. so many things that like that belief system like when it comes down to it it like could be affecting us that we don't even realize oh my gosh yeah totally So that's really interesting. And I I think that's why like a lot of people are drawn to your work and drawn to the whole coaching experience because like so many of us, even with therapy, like, and I'm not against therapy at all, but even with therapy, we like, we kind of sometimes stay stuck in like a very painful emotion. And sometimes it does take time to process the emotion, but sometimes we're like, you said before, we're like addicted to that behavior or that like that pain for some, for whatever reason. And we have to learn to like move past it. And, and just by the way, um, yes. And on that note, um, I'm
1: not against therapy. I'm against like talk therapy only just like to clarify. Um, I'm not against therapists that have a lot of different tools. And I would say that, you know, very often in my coaching practice, I refer people out to therapists because like, we will hit, some sort of belief system or, um, uh, habit that like, you can't just talk it through. Like, right. Okay. So I will say to somebody like, you know what, you might want to go to EMDR for this, or you might want to try this kind of releasing therapy, or you might want to try breath work, or you might want to try, because like, I can't talk you, th- like, we can't talk through this. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I do think that that's actually a big part of coaching is to say like, maybe you do need, and and sometimes it's not that you need, a therapist sometimes you just need a month off Mm -hmm. (laughs) you just need to like go paint in the mountains you know you just need to like be so yeah I would say that that's a big part of coaching also is just like referring people to their next thing their next step or something that could somebody that could help them release whatever they're holding on to
0: right so it's like you have all a lot of tools in your toolkit and you're like teaching it to your clients or yeah or you have other people, other professionals that you trust or work with yes. that you feel like could really help your clients move forward. Yes. Or
1: it might be a book that they need to read. It might be a, po- you know, like it just depends. But I think, like you said, like um, a skill that I know you have and I do too. When you can understand other people's emotions so quickly and pick up on what somebody else is like feeling or whatever, like you also can really help them and like point them in the right direction. And Uh, not all not all professionals have that so that is like something really special to have
0: right and I was gonna say like you like we talked about this before Mm -hmm. like having a knack for it or whatever but like it sounds like um as part of your coaching like you just that's just like part of it like you could you sort of are like noticing like what they're missing or their block is and you're really able to like maybe it's not you getting them through the block but it's like you know the professional or you know like the tool that will help them get yeah. to the other side. And I oh, think yeah. that that's where people maybe get stuck a lot. It's like that one strong block that's been there for like years and years. And like, they just really need that extra help.
1: And that's the thing is another strategy won't help. Another technique is not going to help because that's just a band-aid. That's like another trying another diet. Like right. what does trying another diet help if you believe in your mind that you look a certain way? Right. Like, it's, a, it's just a band-aid and it might last very shortly. So yeah, I, I think that like helping people really um, make like long lasting, impactful change is the key to everything.
0: Yeah. And I just, I want to end with like this last question. It, like, I don't know if it's like too esoteric or not, but like, <laughs> um, do you think like the world is changing a little bit when it comes to like um, people recognizing like, like with diet culture, right? Like there is like this big, like, influx where people are getting that like diets don't work even though for like years and years it was like the hottest thing and then there's like this coaching world where we're like a lot of people are talking about like unlearning or like recognizing belief systems that haven't served you, or like even the belief system like every person should go to college and have a degree to back them up but now there's like sort of this entrepreneurial uh, spirit like you think that the world is changing and recognizing that there's been a lot of like belief systems that have been like plopped on all of us, or it's just like because we are kind of involved in that world, we see it.
1: No, I I hundred percent think that as we're getting closer to the end of days, whatever that means for everybody. Um, the science is changing too. Like the science of epigenetics and neuroplasticity that shows us, we always thought that you, if you are born with certain things, like you just have to schlep them around. And Mm -hmm. science is showing us that that's not true. You could rewire your brain. You could, nobody today should be suffering. Nobody needs to be suffering. There are so many techniques, but we didn't have this a generation ago. People didn't know. So if they were, and and if they were passed on a belief system or even let's say depression uh, genetically, that's just that was what they left around for their life and now our generation gets to unlearn all of that there are so many techniques and so much learning and so much science to back it up that it's exciting and they say that as we change ourselves we like really change it back for all those generations because we are we're just continuing what they gave us so we're really changing what all those generations wanted us to change they also they did not want to you know walk around carrying those things around all those times. So it's 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 just exciting. Like I can't read the scientists the science books fast enough because they keep putting out new ones about like how your brain is really changing and how it's so connected. Like did you know that your heart is actually actually serves as a brain like they just found out that your heart remembers things. Like actually has a memory. Like Somebody who has a heart transplant and gets somebody else's heart will start having memories of that person's life. Like your heart, nobody knew that. Like your heart is, we just thought hearts just pump blood, but it's not true. It's actually a center of emotion and memory. So all this stuff is fascinating. And we are at, we're so fortunate. And um, I think people, like some people, a lot more people are really aware of that and getting a lot more help and like really living different lives. Whereas, in the past people just were like making it through their life. A lot of people more now want to live their purpose. Like you said, they're entrepreneurs. They want to make a difference. They want to do something. And um, like, I don't only market to entrepreneurs, but I find that those are my main clients. And I think it is because it's just a growing person it's somebody that wants to make a change and impact. And, you know, it's, it's a package deal. It's interesting.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And like also really motivating because like I remember... I remember, like, a, like a really big crossroads in my life when I was, like, considering quitting my full-time job in a nursing home yeah. and trying to do private practice, and I just kept going back and forth in my head, like, should I do it, should I not do it, and I, like, remember, I talk about this, and I know, it, I, I don't think it sounds weird to you, but some people might think it's weird, like, when I'm on the spin bike, like, I get, like, my best ideas, or I oh, feel like most totally. inspired, Yes. and I remember, like, spinning and thinking, like, I could quit, I could quit, I could do this, like, I have more to me but like getting off and still not quitting but like <laughs> well that's how it is i mean it yeah. takes time it takes time but like it's just so like i'm so drawn to it like i'm so drawn to like this world and i think a lot of other people are and i and i want people who are, who are listening to think like yeah but i can never quit like i can never do that or like i really want to quit but i can't like it takes time but like you can and like you could find your life purpose and you don't have to walk around feeling like you're You have like intergenerational Mm -hmm. trauma, and that's like what you're destined for. Even though it's really hard, and won't you won't be cured from one podcast, but like there is so many resources out there to help you.
1: Yes, and and you're right, it won't be cured by one podcast. But if there's one thing I would want people to know is that if you don't like your life, you can change it. Like your life is reflecting you. So if you are, you know, whatever is happening on your inside is happening on your outside. So if you don't like what's happening on the outside, you don't even have to change what's happening on the outside. You just have to change yourself, like your energy, where, how are you operating? What are your thought processes? How are you going through your day? Like start with something really easy, like a gratitude practice, which I always resisted very much. I was like, that's so stupid, but it rewires your brain. Like it rewires, like when you put your hand on your heart and start thinking grateful thoughts, you're actually releasing oxytocin and rewiring your brain to start bringing better things into your life. So don't even do it for like the woo part. Do it just like, cause I mean, people tell me all the time, like when I put my hand there, like it feels really good. I'm like, yes, because that releases positive brain chemicals. So you can start rewiring. And when you start being more positive and having more positivity in your life, positive stuff happens to you more. So mm-hmm. Like nobody has to live the life that they are living if they don't like it. Like you could, um, it's like amazing thing to know. But all you have to do is change yourself, and then your whole life changes. It's, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. It was awesome, amazing, and I will put all your information in the show notes. Thanks so much for having me, Gilo. It was so okay. fun to talk to you again. You too. Thank you. Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It With Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at gila glassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day.